Last night was a big one. The Penguins have kept pace in the playoff race. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Penguins to Go, your daily dose of Pittsburgh Penguins news and analysis. You can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcast from. That was probably the most fun I've had watching this Pittsburgh Penguins team this season, at least in recent memory. Yes, you could go back to the home opener, which I was in attendance for against the Arizona Coyotes. That was a fun game. The following game against the Tampa Bay Lightning was a fun game. They've had some good performances over the season, but last night, with the importance of the game, with the talent of the team coming in and the recent performance of the team coming in versus what we saw of the Pittsburgh Penguins on Tuesday against New Jersey... That was the most complete performance I have seen from the Pittsburgh Penguins, I'll say since at least the turn of the new year. They get an impressive 4-1 win over the Minnesota Wild, a Wild team that coming into the game had been 10-2-4 since March 1st. Now, they had lost back-to-back games coming into that one on Thursday evening at PPG Paints Arena, both of those coming at the hands of the Vegas Golden Knights, who are right now the number one seed in the entire Western Conference. Marc-Andre Fleury had been playing out of his mind lately. I believe the record was 8-1-1 in his last 10, with a 9-20-something save percentage. I don't have the exact numbers right now. But the point is, Fleury had been playing great. The Wild had been playing great, despite not having their superstar Kirill Kaprizov in the lineup. And the Pittsburgh Penguins were coming off of an embarrassing loss to New Jersey. And what do we see from the puck drop? Something we didn't see any of on Tuesday. The Penguins got off to a red-hot start. Spent the majority of the first period in the offensive zone. Had about 18 shots on goal in the first, really peppering Marc-Andre Fleury early on. Made sure that he was not comfortable in his fourth return to the city of Pittsburgh. And then Chris Letang, of all people, finally breaks through with a beautiful shot on the short side of Marc-Andre Fleury. You could tell Flower was not happy that he let that one in. I'm sure it stung a little bit more because it was Letang who scored in the moment. But at the same time, what a beautiful play from Letang who read the offensive zone, saw that he had some space to the outside, took it, beat his man to the front of the net, and then just laid a beautiful shot top shelf to be able to beat Marc-Andre Fleury. And that was an important goal because the Penguins responded the right way in the first period. After a game like Tuesday's, they came out, they played really well against a really good team. But if they would have went into that first intermission, which Latang scored with about five minutes left to go in the first, if they would have went scoreless into the first intermission, I'm not sure that game ends the way we all saw it end because we've seen it time and time again in this league. If you control the pace of play, if you control the majority of the scoring chances in an entire opening period and come away with nothing, it's likely that that other team is going to take that, going to build off of that, and it usually goes the other way. Luckily, Latang gets the goal. The Penguins, the hot start was not in vain. They get up one nothing lead going into the first intermission, and then they kept the pressure going. Another thing that we haven't seen a lot of this year, they kept the pressure going. They stayed on the wild for the majority of the game. They did hit their normal lull early in the third period. You know, when they have a lead, 
They start the third period. They started it on a lull, but they also started it shorthanded, which gave Minnesota the leg up, and Minnesota was able to build off of that, and you could feel them pushing. You expect them to. They're one of the best teams in the National Hockey League. So you didn't expect the Penguins to play 60 minutes of complete and utter shutdown hockey. But they got as close to that as we've seen in a long time. The thing that we did see that we haven't seen all season long is the offensive pushback in the third period. You know, the Wild cut the lead to 3-1, to one, and everybody in the stand says, uh-oh. I've seen this script before. It has not ended well for the Pittsburgh Penguins. But what we haven't seen is them come out, push back, and even get another goal on the board to go up 4-1, to one, and that's where the score stayed until the final horn buzzed. And that goal was a nice one. Like, it wasn't a garbage goal. It wasn't a, you know lucky goal it was a it was a solid goal from the penguins fourth line some depth scoring in there the play was started by brian dumlin who is all of a sudden a two-way defenseman it seems like he has set a new career high in points this season which i i wouldn't have thought i mean obviously he has i believe nine assists in his last 16 games or something like that he he's picking up the the points Certainly more evident in the offensive zone. He starts the play, feeds it over to Drew O'Connor, who, you know, I can't say enough how impressive Drew O'Connor has been in my eyes this season. This is a breakout year for him. And I know what a lot of people are going to say. Yeah, he, he barely scores goals, Nick. He doesn't really score. He doesn't contribute offensively. Know his role and know that what his role is, is what he has done. And watch him play the way that Mike Sullivan needs him to play in that position. He has had a breakout season. Because he's gone from a guy who, in years past, has gotten a cup of tea here, gotten a cup of coffee here, gotten you know a little takeout here. Now he's sitting down in the restaurant. He is a full-time NHLer. And he's not going to be going back to the AHL. Coming into the season, that wasn't guaranteed, right? He had to fight to make the team out of camp to begin with. And now, at the end of the year, as he's going to be an RFA, he's a full-time NHLer. And he deserves every bit of it because he's done it the hard way. He's not doing it by, hey, I'm just going to score so many goals that they can't send me down. He's doing it by forechecking, by killing penalties, by taking the body, by playing physical, by blocking shots. I mean, the guy is doing it all in the right way. And here, he showed that he does have some offensive upside. Pulls up in the offensive zone, finds a passing lane, and wires a bullet of a pass to the stick of Jeff Carter, who just angles it at right the right angle, and it goes up over the shoulder of Marc-Andre Fleury. Massive goal for the fourth line, massive goal for the Pittsburgh Penguins, and they win that one 4-1. to one. Something else that was important before I get to what happened around the league on Thursday that didn't really help the Pittsburgh Penguins out, Tristan Jari looked very strong in net. This is a team that makes it difficult to play your position because they're big, they're physical, they like to get in front of you, they like to get in your face. Look at what Marcus Foligno was able to do in that game. Tristan Jari just calmly stood there, stayed on his P's and Q's, and just played a really good game. 27 saves on 28 shots on goal. The only goal he allowed 
was on a five on three, which already, you know, tough position to be in. And it wasn't even his fault. He almost made the save because the shot was a wraparound banked off of Brian Dumoulin's foot. And Jari just couldn't get enough of it to push it out the other side. It just snuck inside the post on that one. So a really good game from Tristan Jari. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens with the Penguins goaltending situation in the offseason, but I'm not going to get into it here because, well, there's bigger fish to fry right now. This season is not over right now, and it is a very pivotal time. But what I will say is, Tristan Jari and the defense played really well last night. I know Minnesota's missing their top scorer. I I get it. Kirill Kaprizov is an all-world talent. But that team has been very good. And they have some very talented goal scorers. Matthew Boldy is one of the... I said Drew O'Connor's broken out. Matthew Boldy is probably the breakout player of the NHL this season. Either him or Tim Stutzla in Ottawa. And the Penguins just absolutely shut him down. Only one high daydream chance allowed, according to MoneyPuck.com. That was on the goal. I don't know if I buy that. So I'm going to say the Penguins didn't allow a high danger chance to the Minnesota Wild last night. In a game of that magnitude for the Penguins. Phenomenal performance from the guys on the blue line. Jan Ruda included. I thought he had a pretty good game in his return from injury. So if he can play that way, it's going to be a big help to the Penguins down the stretch here. Three more games to go. But the problem is, the Penguins can go out there and beat teams up the way they did on Thursday. It's not going to matter unless you get some help. And that's why it was so important to win the game on Tuesday against the New Jersey Devils. Or at least to get a point on Tuesday against the New Jersey Devils. Now, a tiebreaker does nothing for the Penguins. A tiebreaker with New York and with Florida ends in the Penguins missing the playoffs. But a point would have at least given you a better opportunity here. Would have had you tied instead of down by one. So, you look at what's left for the Penguins. Three games against three teams that are not going to make the postseason. Tough test on Saturday. Detroit Red Wings. Team that's beaten the Penguins both times this season. They're going to Detroit. And they have taken it upon themselves to be the spoiler of the 2023 Stanley Cup playoffs. They've won five of their last six games. It is a young team. It is a fast team. It is a team that has some experienced guys on that roster that love to score goals. Dylan Larkin, David Perron scored a hat trick the other week against the Penguins. That's a tough matchup for the Pittsburgh Penguins coming up. But as we mentioned last night, not much help for the boys in black and gold. The Florida Panthers won 7-2 against the Ottawa Senators, a team that I thought was going to put up a better fight because of the young talent they have. I thought, you know what? These guys want to fight to the very end. I thought they'd put up a better fight. They did not. Florida Panthers win 7-2. Five straight wins for the Panthers. Five straight wins for Alex Lyon in net. That's a terrific story. I mean, not if you're a Pittsburgh Penguins fan, but that is a terrific story down there in Florida right now with their goaltender. New York Islanders also went out and won their most difficult game remaining on the schedule. They beat the Tampa Bay Lightning 6-1 at UBS Arena. The Lightning were a little beat up after a really tough matchup against the New York Rangers the night before. Second half of a back-to-back. -back. 
and they just had no gas left in the tank. And honestly, why are they going to push it too much? They already know where they're going to finish in the standings. They know who they're going to play in the playoffs. They're not going to push the issue to beat the New York Islanders in the fourth to last game of the season. So no help around the league. That was the toughest test remaining for the Isles, just as the Minnesota Wild was the toughest test remaining for the Pittsburgh Penguins. They remain a point behind those teams with three games to go, all three of those teams. Penguins, Islanders, Panthers. All play this Saturday with the Penguins being the only one in the early window. The Pens play at 1 o'clock on Saturday at Little Caesars Arena in Detroit. Florida is going to play at Washington a little later in the evening. And the New York Islanders will host the Philadelphia Flyers. Same story as Thursday. Same story as the rest of the season is going to be. The Penguins need to beat the team in front of them, the Detroit Red Wings, which has been a, a challenge this season. And they're going to need some help. So for all intents and purposes, as weird as it may seem, if you're a Pittsburgh Penguins fan, you're also a Washington Capitals fan and a Philadelphia Flyers fan on Saturday. You need one of those teams to come out with the victory. Not just a victory. You need those teams to come out with a regulation victory. Because like I said, tiebreaker does nothing. And with the Penguins one point behind, an overtime pity point for one of the teams in front of them does not help at all. That's going to do it for this episode of Penguins to Go. You can make sure to follow us on Twitter at Inside Penguins or at Iceberg Podcast, if you would. You can also find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcast from. That's it for this one. We'll see you guys next time.